something about that name. Something about that name. Father, we thank you and we bless you today for that name that's above every name. We pray now as your word goes forth that you would anoint our time in your word, that someone in hearing might believing and in believing might be saved, that someone might be encouraged to run on to see what the end will be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What do all of these phrases have in common? See if you can discern what it is. I can't sleep tonight. I wish you were here with me. Oh, it's been one of those days. What are you up to? Are you busy? Uh, can I call you later? You have time to talk right now? I'm not doing too good. Uh, all of these phrases are part of a list titled 18 Things People Said that were code words for I need help. Uh, whether they just weren't comfortable saying it, didn't want to be vulnerable communicating it, uh, those were all code phrases that different people came up with to communicate I need help. Now, I don't know about you, but but, but I'm one of those people, I need a real direct message. Like, don't, don't leave anything for me to read between the lines. If you want it, you better tell me because I'm liable to miss it, right? 
Uh, but somebody who is watching right now, you are in need of help. Uh, you, you might feel like that person who's underwater, right? You ever see that picture? They're underwater and they just sticking their hand up like, hey, I need some help. Or, or maybe you just want to hold up a sign. You, know, you, don't, you don't need nothing cute or, or fancy. Just say, help. My brothers and sisters, we will all come to a place, we will all come to a point in time when we are in need of help. If you've never been there, I'll tell you like the old folks say, just keep on living. But here's the question on the table today. What do you do when the help you need is how to access joy in your life? When you're at a place, when you're at a point, when you need joy and you need help to activate the joy of the Lord in your life. Today, I would like to take a few moments to talk to you from the thought, help to have a joy-filled life. Help to have a joy-filled life. We're in the midst of a series entitled The Joy Campaign. And The Joy Campaign is a walk through the book of Philippians. We're in Philippians chapter 1, one of the Paul's greatest hits in the Bible, really are all contained so much so in the book of Philippians. And we're focusing on how to live a joy-filled life in a trouble-filled world. And if we ever needed joy before, we sure do need it now. Now, the book of Philippians is an interesting book. It was written somewhere between 60 and 63 A.D. by the Apostle Paul. It's attributed to the Apostle Paul and considered one of his prison epistles because it was written as he was under house arrest in Rome. He writes to the Philippian church, and over and over again, he uses the word joy, rejoice, or derivatives thereof 16 times in four chapters, letting us know that it is possible to not only have joy, but to have joy in the midst of some of the most trying times in your life. And in our passage today, verse 19 in particular, Paul teaches us and shows us how we can identify help when we are in need of joy. As a matter of fact, he shares with us in verse 19 two aspects, two things that when you think about them, when you reflect on them, when you access them, they ought to help you to experience the joy of the Lord in your life. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to remember someone prayed for you. Someone prayed for you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 18, I want to read it to give you context to verse 19. What then, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Now, you remember in our last message, 
We talked about the Apostle Paul identifying and focusing on living for God's purpose as a key to having a joy-filled life. Paul looks at his situation, but he doesn't grumble, he doesn't complain, he doesn't uh, make a fuss about the chains that are on his hands because he recognizes that those chains that were put there to restrict him were actually used by God to help release the gospel. Paul is preaching to members of the Praetorian Guard who are changing shifts. They are literally handcuffed to him and he is preaching to them and the gospel is going forth and there are people who are preaching the true gospel they're not always preaching it with the right motive some of them love Paul some of them hate Paul some of them celebrate Paul some of them are envious of Paul but Paul does not fall into the trap of reacting or responding to them Paul simply says you know what whatever the reason I'm giving God the glory because the gospel is going forth. It's not about me. It's about God and his word. Boy, I wonder how much easier would it be for us to live in life if we stopped making everything about us and started making it about God, especially the things that are God's business, right? How many times do people make what is God's business their business what should be God's issue, their issue. And Paul says in verse 18, as long as Christ is proclaimed, I rejoice in that. And I will rejoice. But then look at what Paul says. For I know that through your prayers, I know more than just knowledge. Paul says, I know based on experience. I know that through your prayers, the word for prayer there is translated in other places, supplication, right? It is this serious petition that is made. And it's a petition that is made in support of the Apostle Paul. Paul says, listen, my brothers and sisters at the church in Philippi, I know you prayed for me. I know you prayed for me. You may not have prayed for me, watch this, to stay out of this situation, but I know because of your prayers for me, I'm able to make it through. You prayed for me. And I'm encouraged by knowing that you prayed for me, that you are praying for me. Who who do you know who prayed for you? Can, Can I tell you something? In the midst of going through whatever you're going through, Lord Jesus, thank you so much. In the midst of going through whatever you're going through, man, just think back on who prayed for you. Think think back on, 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 on Big Mama praying for you. Big Daddy praying for you. Mama on her knees praying for you. Daddy praying for you. Aunts and uncles praying for you. Somebody prayed for you. And their prayers for you didn't keep you from, but their prayers for you have been helping you make it through. Matter of fact, can I go one step further? There's somebody right now, listen to me carefully. God is answering the prayers of those who prayed for you, and they have gone home to be with the Lord. Their prayers were so impactful 
so powerful, so pervasive that their prayers for you are still being acted upon and they've gone home to be with the Lord. Can, can I ask you a question? How do you feel when somebody says, man, I've been praying for you? Paul says, I, I, I look back and I can rejoice. Why? Because I know you've been praying for me. Look at Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. James 5, 16. Come on, read it with me, if you will, wherever you are. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and there it is. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, never stop praying, the New Living Translation says. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. Keep on praying. And whenever you're going through something, Paul in essence says, remember somebody's praying for you. Somebody's praying for you. But here's the second thing. If you're really going to find the help you need to have a joy-filled life, number two, you need to remember the Holy Spirit is with you to help you. You need to remember the Holy Spirit is with you to help you. Watch what Paul says in verse 19. He says, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. That, that word help uh, means to fully supply, to support, to aid, to contribute, uh, to minister to, to, to make uh, available what is needed in order for that that is desired to become a reality. Uh, the, the word was, was, was used, and, and in the original language, it gives us our English word chorus. Now, you may be asking, well, wait a minute, what does the word chorus have to do with this? In a Greek city, when they were putting on a special festival, somebody had to pay for the singers and the dancers. And the donation for the singers and the dancers had to provide generously for and lavishly for them. You got the best singers and you got the best out of them when you paid them well. That's the word that Paul uses when Paul says, I, I, I know that through your prayers and the help of the Holy Spirit, the support of the Holy Spirit, that, that, that's, that's the foundation, that's my help to have joy in my life. He says, that's why I can rejoice. I can rejoice because when I look back over my life and I see what I've been through, I see the purpose of God being fulfilled, I see and remember that you prayed for me and the Holy Ghost is helping me. Couldn't do it without him. The Holy Spirit is helping me. My, my old pastor would start preaching and he, he'd get happy. He said, help me, Holy Ghost. 
Help me, Holy Ghost. Because, listen, there, there comes a point in time, especially when you talk about accessing joy and, and needing to walk in the joy of the Lord and experience the joy of the Lord. I, I got news for you. There's some of you who have needed the joy of the Lord, but you haven't asked the Holy Ghost to help you with your joy. And, and when Jesus says, I, I'm giving you my joy, then it only makes sense that the Holy Ghost can help you experience that joy of Jesus. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, okay, wait a minute, preacher. How can the, how can the Holy Spirit help me with my joy? Well, I'm going to give you several ways. Just, just take notes and stay with me. I'm going to give you several, several ways. The Holy Spirit, first of all, the Bible says was given to you as a comforter. So when you need comforting, the Holy Spirit is available. If you are comfortless and are not experiencing the joy of the Lord because of your lack of comfort, the Holy Spirit can give you that comfort so you can experience that joy. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. He is your comforter if you need comfort to access joy the Bible says the Holy Spirit is there Paul says I've been helped by the Holy Spirit but not only is he my comforter the Bible says he is your counselor just in case you need some counseling to get to joy John 14 verse 26 but the helper the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Listen to me carefully. If the joy of the Lord is supernatural in its origin because it comes from God, then it only makes sense that the supernatural, the Holy Ghost, can bring what you need in order to access and experience afresh and anew the joy of the Lord in your life. Boy, let me help somebody in here right now because you are so busy trying to find joy in your flesh apart from the Holy Ghost. And Paul says, no, I can rejoice. Why? Because of your prayers and the help that I have gotten from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Let, let, me give you, let me give you another way the Holy Spirit can help you with your joy. The Holy Spirit can help you with your joy because it can bring conviction to your life. It, it can bring conviction to your life. John chapter 16, beginning at verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, and when he comes, here it is, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, I know what somebody's thinking. You're thinking, wait a minute, Pastor. How can the Holy Ghost convicting me help me with my joy? It's because sin will rob you of your joy. And when the Holy Ghost sees sin coming, Watch this. The Holy Ghost doesn't wait for you to get in sin, to get you out of sin. The Holy Ghost starts warning you before you get to it. That's why the Bible says he will always provide a way of escape. 
He will always try to keep you out of whatever it is that can rob you of your joy. He will keep you out of places. He will keep you away from people. He will keep you out of certain predicaments and situations and circumstances if you hear and heed him. See, it's not enough just to hear the Holy Ghost. No, you've got to hear and heed. So when the Spirit of God says, don't go, it's not enough to say, I hear you. God says, no, you better heed me because he's trying to keep you in a place where your joy can be full. Let me give you another way the Holy Spirit helps you. Uh, D, the Holy Spirit was given to pray and intercede for you. I'm talking about Paul in that first chapter saying, verse 19, that, that, that I can rejoice, verse 18, because you prayed for me, verse 19, and because of the help of the Holy Spirit. You say, wait a minute, how can the Holy Spirit help me have my joy when he prays for me? Look at Romans 8, 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words when I need my deepest sorrow interpreted for me. The Bible says the Holy Ghost is a groan and moan interpreter and will take my moans and groans and help them make sense before God Almighty. When I'm moaning and groaning, trying to find my way to joy, the Holy Ghost will pray for me and intercede on my behalf. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. If you're not, I'm, I'm going to try to get you these next two. Listen to me carefully. Here's the next one. E, the Holy Spirit was given to bear his fruit in you. See, when Paul talks about my help from the Holy Spirit, it's the fruit of the Spirit that manifested itself in the Apostle Paul. Watch this. He was uniquely gifted, but his gifts could not keep him in a place of joy because his gifts couldn't keep him where his maturity couldn't keep him. Right? His gifts could get him there, but what was going to keep him there? It was his spiritual maturity. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And I promise you, child of God, if you focus more on fruit than gifts, if you focus more on maturity than you do on activity, you can have more joy in life because joy is one of the manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit. Paul, Paul says, I, I need the help of the Holy Spirit to be a joy-filled. I can't rejoice in what I'm going through without the Holy Spirit. I'm going to rejoice in prison, waiting on a trial that can end in the losing of my life. How can I rejoice when I am locked up and locked down, kept away from my friends? I can't travel like I want to travel. How can I rejoice in that? Because you prayed for me. And the help of the Holy Spirit 
Look at F, the Holy Spirit was given to control you and put a song of joy in your heart despite circumstances. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Making music to the Lord in your hearts. This is not the singing of an audition choir. This is a praise of a saint who loves the Lord. This is not a song that is rooted in proper harmonics, tone or tenor, concerned about tempo or or harmony. No, that's not what this is about. This is about somebody who, who, because they are controlled by the Spirit, they lift their voices and sing praise unto God. I was singing one day, we was in worship, and uh, man, it's just a powerful moment for me personally, and I'm, I'm just worshiping the Lord, and I'm, I'm singing out to the Lord, and, and uh, one of the singers who was here at the time, very gifted, very talented, she, she, she came up to me after service, and she said, woo, pastor, she said, man, the spirit was so high today in church, but... I don't know what that note was you was hitting. She said, you, I don't know what note you were hitting. I said, well, I said, you know, I don't know either. I said, but, but here's, here's what you need to know. I really don't care because I wasn't singing to you. Uh, you. You was eavesdropping on some praise that wasn't intended for you. Right? So, some, sometimes we can, we can miss the moment that God has created for us to offer to him our prayer. We're so concerned about what the people around us are going to think. Uh, I'm, I'm not a professional. I, I'm, I'm not a singer, singer. I can't sing like that. No, can you lift your voice? Wait a minute, not just in the sanctuary. Can you lift your voice in your house? Can you lift your voice at home when you think about what God has done for you, does, does the Holy Ghost bring a song back to your remembrance? You, you remember when they were locked in that jail and they had that midnight prayer meeting and, and they, were, they were singing and praying, praying and singing, and, and the Spirit of God came in and, and, and set them free and released them. Ah, Paul says, I'm... I, I, I've, got, I've got help for my joy because you prayed for me and the Holy Spirit has been helping me. Here's, here's the last way I want to show you the Holy Spirit would help you. Uh, G, the Holy Spirit was given to assure you that you are a child and an heir of God. Listen to Romans 8, beginning at verse 16. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet, 
what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later on. The Holy Spirit helps me with my joy when the Holy Spirit reminds me that I am God's and he is mine. When you are reminded that you are a child of God, when you are reminded that God is not through with you yet, when you are reminded that God is still with you, and he who has begun a good work in you is going to bring it to completion, when God reminds you that you are not in this world by yourself, and he has not brought you this far to leave you now. See, when the Holy Ghost starts reminding you of stuff, helping you with stuff, somebody right now, you may be in a joyless place. I dare you to start praying. I dare you to start remembering who prayed for you. I dare you to, to start thinking about how the Holy Ghost wants to help you. I dare you to start praying and saying, Holy Ghost, help me. Bring back to my remembrance. Show me. Let me know who I am and whose I am. Because when your walk with the Holy Spirit is right, the joy of the Lord will be present in your life. It, it's just that simple. If you're trying to walk this Christian life by yourself, independent of God's power and God's presence, then guess what? You will not be able to walk in the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is from him, not you. You can access it, but you can't create it. And so I want to encourage somebody today. Find that help for a joy-filled life where the Apostle Paul found it. He thought about those who prayed for him, and he thought about the Holy Ghost who was helping him. And I'm telling you, if you remember who prayed for you, and you remember that the Holy Spirit is helping you, all the joy you need to become who God wants you to be and to get where God is trying to get you to go will be available for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. I pray now, God, that everything that has been said and done has been pleasing in your sight, that you have been glorified in the midst of it all. I pray good seed went forth and found good ground in your people. And I pray that somebody would recognize that their joy is not tied to the tempo of a song, is not tied to a dance or a shout, but that your joy is from you and can be activated when we recognize the help that you give through your Holy Spirit. Bless now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Somebody who's watching today, uh, you have an opportunity to become a member of the Good Hope Church virtually, and we extend that opportunity to you. Uh, contact our church, drop us an email, send us a note, uh, go to one of the chats and let somebody know, I want to become a part of the church family. 
we welcome you to become part of our virtual church family. And we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. But for somebody else who needs to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, um, don't know how you got here, and I'm going to suggest to you that you didn't get here by accident, you got here by God incident. Not a coincidence, a God incident. And I want to walk you through how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. Um, the Christian life is a journey with Jesus. Um, but it starts with that first step. And the Bible says in the book of Romans, if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. And I want to pray this prayer of salvation with you. And if you know somebody who needs to pray this prayer, to ask Jesus Christ into their life, I want you to learn how to lead them through it. And you can find this on our website as well. Pray this prayer with me, those of you who need Jesus, those of you who want to know him, that you can come to know him in the pardon of your sins. And as you pray this prayer, I believe if you pray it and mean it from your heart, that you can be saved today. Not perfect, but saved. Set apart washed in the blood of the Lamb. Pray with me, please. Dear God, repeat after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I want to turn away from my sinful life and live the life you have planned for me. Please forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of my past make me new I know your son Jesus Christ died for me I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead at this very moment I accept confess and proclaim Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior to live in my heart from this day forward. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I believe if you prayed that prayer today, right now, you are a Christian, you are saved. And you may be thinking, you know what, I don't feel any different. Listen, it's not about what you feel, it's an act of your will. And if you have made that profession of faith by faith, then you, the Bible says, you are saved. Now, if you have a question of what to do next, go to our website or go to our app and look for the place that says, I just accepted Christ, now what? We will give you some steps that you can take to move forward in your Christian life. Now remember, I told you, it's a journey. We want to help walk with you on that journey to becoming all that God wants you to be. And on our virtual platform, we want to help facilitate your spiritual growth and your development. Now before we go, don't forget you have an opportunity to worship the Lord in giving. You have seen throughout the broadcast 
throughout our virtual offering today. You have seen a variety of times when you can ask, uh, give to the Lord in support of the kingdom work. There are seven ways that you can give here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. We want to make sure that if you want to worship the Lord in giving, if you want to give, you have an opportunity to do so. And I believe six of those seven ways are online friendly. So if you feel so led, join us. Part of the kingdom work that we do here is missions, uh, both home, local, national, and international. Our food pantry, we serve thousands of people every week. Literally hundreds of families are dependent upon the work that we do in our partnership with the Houston Food Bank and the members of this church. I want to thank all of our volunteers who come out on Tuesday and on Wednesday and serve these families who are in need. We know this pandemic has gone absolutely crazy and families are in need today like never before. We're also supporting missionaries around the world. Our own mission director, Pastor Mark Sloan, is about to go to Uganda full-time. Him and his wife, Marshall, will be talking more about that in the future weeks. But I want you to be prayerful about even supporting him as he takes the gospel abroad. He is seminary trained. God has done a great work in him, and he's going to Uganda. He'll be teaching at a seminary there, equipping pastors and working with church leaders. Sister Sloan is going to be working with pastors' wives and young ladies there as well. The tremendous ministry team, and we're looking forward to God doing something great and glorious through, through them. All right? Listen, God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. I hope you've been blessed. Don't forget the Joy Campaign is going on. If you'd like to become part of a life group, you can go to our website, go to our app, sign up for a life group. If you don't find one that you want to be in, start one. Get your family members and friends wherever they are and study the book of Philippians with us, all right? Until next time, God bless you. And remember, God is doing something wonderful in me and in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. God is doing